0: Thank you for choosing of Baptist Church Podcast. We hope you benefit from this message. If you'd like to learn more about of Baptist Church, please visit our website at And ...not as I will, but as you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Could you men not keep watch with me for one hour, he asks? Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the body is weak. He went away a second time and prayed, My Father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it, may Your will be done. When he came back, he again found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. So he left them and went away once more and prayed the third time, saying the same thing. Then he returned to the disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Look, the hour is near. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. That is the reading of God's Word. In our text, we see Jesus praying, and I might just add, super hard. And we see God then fulfilling, well, we're going to call it the big dream, but really it's a big promise. God fulfilling the big promise spoken of all the way back, and we've, we, I, I've, I've, I've talked about this a lot, all the way back, to Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. After Adam and Eve sinned, God said, I have a solution. I have a plan. And it's the big promise that His plan was what we celebrated a few days ago. So I've just got some thoughts here as we begin a new year. And uh, really, you probably could uh, uh, preach all year on this this topic of prayer. But I have a few things, and guess what? I blew it. I gave you all the answers to the fill-ins on the back of your bulletin. So you're going to have to uh, listen very carefully, but guess what? It's a pretty simple outline, as you can see. Why pray hard? Here's some thoughts. Prayer is God's idea. God began communicating with Adam and Eve all the way back in the garden. All the way in chapter 2, He first spoke to Adam and Eve giving direction concerning obedience. Those were His first words to Adam and Eve. Don't eat from this tree. You can eat from all the other trees, but don't eat from this tree. In Genesis chapter 3, God communicated with Adam and Eve concerning their sin. And then I want you to turn, because I had kind of forgotten about this verse. Genesis chapter 4, so Genesis chapter 3. I'm sorry, Genesis chapter 2, God initiates communication with man. Genesis chapter 3, God continues communication uh, concerning uh, their sin. And then look at Genesis chapter 4 and verse 29. Actually, it's not 29, it's twenty-sixth, And it says, at that time, men began to call... On the name of the Lord at that time, after Adam and Eve have a a third child, Seth uh, also had a son and he named him Enosh. At that time, men began to call on the name of the Lord. And if you, I have a book in my library, All the Prayers in the Bible. All the Prayers in the Bible. This gentleman wrote All the People in the Bible, All the Promises in the Bible. He wrote a number of books, All the Prayers in the Bible. And he has, and I made a copy of the outline, he has 650 prayers in the Bible. This might be an interesting uh, devotional for you this new year. I've made some copies of those. They're out in the side room. 650 prayers of the Bible. Maybe this new year you want to maybe read a couple of them a day. 650 prayers in the Bible. Prayer is God's idea. Number two, prayer changes things. You're all aware of that. Prayer changes things. I've used this phrase before. I read it a long time ago. Prayer is the muscle that moves the arm of God. Prayer. Prayer is the muscle that moves the arm of God. If you look at uh, Sermon on the Mount, Jesus talks a lot about prayer. And in fact, even uh, talks about the Lord's Prayer there, or a lot of people call it the Disciples' Prayer, because Jesus is teaching His disciples to pray. But if you look at uh, chapter 7 and verse uh, 7, you will see something that you're very, again, aware of. Chapter 7, verse 7 of Matthew, "...ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be open. Which of you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake?" If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask Him? So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. Prayer changes things. The Bible says, ask, and it will be given. seek knock and the door will be opened Jesus prays and I think this is interesting 25 times in the Gospels and there are over 450 answers to prayer in God's word we've all seen our prayers being answered Tony gave a perfect uh, prayer praise he had folks pray for Donna and she's better Prayer changes things. Number three, prayer hinders the devil. I think you're aware of this. Tony says it a number of times. The devil hates you. The devil hates you. And especially hates the church. Satan and his demons relentlessly fight against Christians and God's church. Jesus even said this in verse 41. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. I have a funny feeling if the disciples were praying during this time in the garden, it may not have turned out like it did after Jesus was arrested. Remember what happened? They all tore off and fled. There is a very, very interesting story in the book of Daniel. And uh, if you want to turn there, you can. Daniel chapter 10. And uh, this is a prayer. And I think what's interesting about this story is that the Lord heard this prayer immediately when Daniel prayed it. That's a good thing. Sometimes we think, Lord, are you really there? Do you really hear my prayer? You know, what's going on? The Lord heard this prayer immediately when Daniel prayed it, but it took a little time, you're going to see why, before the Lord gave the answer to Daniel that he was looking for. Because there was a spiritual battle going on. So Daniel chapter 10, and for those of you that are students of the Word, this might be an interesting little study for you this week. I did some work throughout this past week on this and there's some neat things in uh, commentaries and different things. In the third year of Cyrus king of Persia a revelation was given to Daniel who was called Belshazzar. Its message was true and it concerned a great war. The understanding of the message came to him in a vision. At that time I, Daniel, mourned For three weeks. We're going to talk about this in a minute. uh, and, And our next point when we get to it is prayer requires discipline. Daniel prayed and mourned concerning this for three weeks. He says, I ate no choice food, no meat, or wine touched my lips. And I used no lotions at all until the three weeks were over. On the 24th day of the first month, I was standing on the bank of the great river, the Tigris, I looked up and there before me was a man dressed in linen with a belt of the finest gold around his waist. His body was like chrysolite, his face like lightning, his eyes like flaming torches, his arms and legs like the gleam of burnished bronze, and his voice was like the sound of a multitude. I, Daniel, was the only one who saw the vision. The men with me did not see it, but such terror overwhelmed them that they fled and hid themselves. So I was left alone gazing at this great vision. I had no strength left. My face turned deathly pale, and I was helpless." Then I heard him speaking as and as I listened to him I fell into a deep sleep my face to the ground a hand touched me and set me trembling on my hands and knees he said Daniel you who are highly esteemed consider carefully the words I am about to speak to you and stand up for I have been I have now been sent to you and when he said this to me I stood up trembling then he continued do not be afraid Daniel Since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before God, here's these words, Your words were heard. And now, three weeks later, I have come in response to them but the prince of persia prince of the persian kingdom resisted me 21 days then michael one of the chief priests came to help me because i was detained there with the king of persia now i have come to explain to you what will happen to your people in the future for the vision concerns a time yet to come that's the reading of the word and There was a spiritual battle going on. Prayers were delayed because of satanic forces. Whenever we pray, there is a war in heaven. And so prayer hinders the devil. And so that's why it's so important. And then the fourth one is prayer requires discipline. Daniel's prayer life was disciplined. Three weeks. I have a friend... And when I was growing up, she would always ask for prayer. And what she would always ask for prayer was that her dad would get saved. And I remember for years her praying that and asking us to pray that. I knew this girl, her name's Janet Freeman, in fourth grade. And I remember her bringing that prayer up every time we prayed in our children's group or our youth group Janet Freeman would say please pray for my dad to become a Christian and guess what we were all together at church on an evening when we were in our early 20's and Janet Freeman's dad came forward in a worship service to invite Jesus into his heart. I mean, praise the Lord, Lord, no doubt. Praise the Lord. But that was disciplined prayer for years and years and years and years. Daniel, when I think about it, uh, Janet's prayer of... 15, 16 years was nothing compared, or was something compared to Daniel's measly three weeks of prayer. But nonetheless, Daniel was disciplined, my friend Janet was disciplined, and we were disciplined in our praying. Prayer requires discipline. It says Daniel fasted while he prayed. Unfortunately, and I fall into this as well as you, we are not very disciplined in our prayers. We pray and the Lord doesn't seem to answer and we move on to something else. And then if we are you know, in, in the mood, we pray again for that same thing. But there's not that intensity. There's not that, that pursuing that discipline of prayer. And so I'd like to challenge each of us to discipline our prayer lives and begin to pray for our church, especially in this transition time. And what I wanted to do, and I kind of uh, forgot to do it, but I wanted to put a little thing in your bulletin that just had the word church. So you can go home and do this. Just somewhere on a piece of paper, write the word church, and then put that on your refrigerator. So that every time you grab something out of the refrigerator, every time you get ready to cook a meal, you can just say a quick prayer. Lord, I just, I just pray for our church. I don't know what the future holds. You do. So I just pray for our church. So prayer requires discipline. And then number five, prayer and Scripture prepare you for life. You've got to listen to this. Jesus' agonizing prayer in the garden prepared Him for the cross. Jesus is agonizing, praying hard for God's will to be done. Prayer in the garden prepared Him for the cross. And then God's Word, uh, 2 Timothy 3.16. You think of John 3.16, that's an important verse. 2 Timothy 3.16 says that all Scripture is inspired, it's God-breathed, and it's good for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. God's Word, prayer, prepares us for godly living. God's Word and prayer will give you and our church guidance for this new year. And through that prayer... May you always add to the end of it, may your will be done. Jesus did that in the garden. May your will be done. I don't want to do what I want to do. I want to do what you want me to do. Point number two, why dream big? And I talked about this for a second. Dreaming doesn't really fall under God. God's not a dreamer. God's a a doer. God's God's a promiser. And so the word dream really doesn't fit well with what, what I'm trying to get across here in terms of God. But, even though we don't maybe say God dreams big, He does promise big. God promises big. And for the context, we are using the word dream big. But really what we're talking about here is God's promises. And God's promises are big, and they want to be given to you in 2022. So why dream big or why promise big? Well, God did. God did. God dreamt big or you might say God promised big. God made big promises. In, in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, I already talked about it. Adam and Eve sinned and God says, I got a promise and here's my promise. I'm going to supply a Messiah. And in Galatians it says, At just the right time, God sent His Son to be born of a woman. God fulfilled that promise at Christmas. And ultimately, a few hours after Jesus prayed in the garden, God fulfilled that promise. God promises big. He offers the greatest promise. You know what the greatest promise is? A Savior. God offers the greatest gift. You know who the greatest gift is? Jesus. And as believers, God promises the greatest reward. You know what the greatest reward is? Heaven. Heaven. God promises the greatest promise, a Savior, the greatest gift, Jesus, and the greatest reward, Heaven. And God promises big because God is big. I think it's fun to think about His attributes. God is all loving. God is all knowing. God is all powerful. God is everywhere at the same time. Even though they're fun to think about, they blow your mind. God is everywhere at the same time. God is unchanging. God is eternal. God is perfect in truth, perfect in holiness, perfect in justice. You could go on and on and on and talk about the attributes of God. I had an interesting conversation quite a while ago with a member from our church when I was at the First Baptist Church in Pella, Iowa. She came into my office, she sat in the chair right in front of me and she said, you don't believe that God really created the earth in seven days, six days. I said, yeah. No way. I said, yeah. I said, do you believe God is all powerful? Well, yeah, I guess. Well then, why is it so hard to believe that God created the earth in six days and rested on the seventh why you know and, and then and then and she really wanted to, she just really wanted to challenge me with it and i i I finally asked her and i said what does all powerful mean to you and she just didn 't really want to answer because all powerful means all powerful. <laughs> uh, I mean God could have created the world if he wanted to in, in in a blink of an eye. I think it's awesome. God is God promises big because God is big. That's pretty cool. Okay. Number three, God has a plan. God has a plan. Remember a long time ago the four spiritual laws? They were little booklets, little tracts that you would give out. We have a tract that we have around here. It's by Billy Graham. It's uh, similar to the four spiritual laws. But uh, the very first law of the four spiritual laws, God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. That's the first law of the four spiritual laws. God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. You know what? God has a plan for you. He does. God has a plan for this church. He does. Jeremiah 29.11 You've heard the verse before probably, uh, but I will quote it to you again. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord's. The Lord plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. I ran across this song and I'm not going to sing it, but I'm going to read the words to it. I know the plans I have for you. I know just what you're going through. I was thinking about this for Corey and for you. I know the plans I have for you. I know just what you're going through. So when you can't see what tomorrow holds and yesterday is through, remember, I know the plans I have for you. I know the plans I have for you. I know just what you're going through. So when you can't see what tomorrow holds, and yesterday is through, remember, I know the plans I have for you. To give you hope for tomorrow. Joy for your sorrow. Strength for everything you go through. Remember, I know the plans I have for you. Oh, I love that song. Number four, God will complete His plan. God will complete His plan in your life and in in His church. I love the picture of Jesus being the potter and you and I being the clay. And we are told to jump up on the potter's wheel and let the potter mold us, like the song says, make us... Fill me, use me, mold me, make me, fill me, use me. It goes with Romans 12. Offer yourselves as a living sacrifice. Jump up on the wheel, the potter's wheel, and let God the potter complete his work in you. I love that picture. You know, if you've seen the potter with the wheel, sometimes you've got to use the thumb. And it looks like the clay, you know, the, the clay is moldable, but, but, but still there's some pressure there. And at times you and I, we feel like God, oh, there's some pressure, there's some things going on that I don't quite like. But that's the idea of mold me, make me, fill me, use me. God will complete his plan. If you don't have this verse underlined, you need to underline it. Philippians chapter 1 verse 6. I've used it a number of times, but Philippians chapter 1 verse 6. And this is what it says, "...being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus." That's a God-will-complete-His-plan verse. Being confident of this, that He who began a good work in you, He began that work when you invited Jesus into your life. He will... Carry it on to completion. He will be there through all of your life and even when you're on your deathbed. He will complete that work when He takes you to heaven until the day of Christ Jesus. And then the last point is this God loves His church. God loves this church. The church is God's idea. If it wasn't God's idea, it would have faltered a long time ago because people really mess up churches, let's be honest. The church is God's idea. The miniaturist of Baptist church is God's church. Jesus said, I will build My church. Jesus didn't say, I will build your church or or so-and-so's family's church or anything like that. He said, I will build My church. And then He says, and the gates of hell will not stand against it. You know what He also calls the church? He calls it His bride. Those of us that are married, we know how special our bride was when she came down the aisle. Jesus calls the church His bride. So in 2022, pray hard, dream big. And then at the bottom of your bulletin, even though you might feel mad, all those adjectives, sad... Confused, concerned, elated. (laughs) Concerning the recent news, God is not alarmed, God is not concerned, God is not confused, and God is not without a plan. We must seek Him with all of our hearts to learn how He wants to write the next chapter in the Minnetista Baptist Church book. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Lord, we do thank You for Your Word. It's so practical. Talking about prayer, the Bible's full of it. Talking about promises, the Bible's full of it. Full of them. Lord, I pray that we would, as we begin this new year, take seriously this concept of praying hard and dreaming big. And it could be dreams about our church. could be dreams about ourselves, our family, our workplace. Sky's the limit as to what you might want to do. So, Lord, may we be a church that will pray hard and dream big as we begin this new year. And that we might be a church that learns, continues to learn how to lean on you. That will be our song that we will conclude with. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So we're going to sing that song, Learning to Lean. And I like the song because it's not, I've already learned how to lean. (laughs) It's continuing the concept of learning to lean on Jesus. Let's stand together as we sing. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Minnetrista Baptist Church is a community of Christ followers who value preaching and teaching scripture, biblical obedience, community, prayer, and evangelism. If you'd like to learn more about Minnetrista Baptist Church, please visit our website at minnetristachurch.org and come by for a Sunday morning service. We'd love to meet you.